Well, welcome back to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. And we're grateful that you came to join us again this week. And as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, tell your friends about it. And if you have questions, please send them in. And uh, Gary would be happy to uh, take a look at those. And if fitting for our program, uh, mention them on the podcast uh, or answer them directly. So we appreciate your involvement. And uh, we'd like to again talk to you about a very important topic, and that being the attributes of God. And uh, Gary, of late, I guess we've been talking about uh, some attributes that some people might call unpopular, uh, justice, wrath, judgment. Uh, But today we're going to kind of turn a corner and look at something that would not fall into that category, and that is the goodness of God. What is the uh, difference between goodness and, say, mercy? You know, there's there's, there's no, there's, if we were to be translated to heaven right now, we would find there, that there's no activation of mercy in heaven. There's no need for mercy in heaven. There's goodness in heaven, but there's no mercy. Come back down to earth, and there's, the goodness of God is certainly functional, but the mercy of God is functional as it's not in heaven. Uh, it's not needed in heaven because there's no, there's no needs, there's no hurt, there's no pain, there's no sorrow, there's no suffering. Mercy is the attribute of God that is impacted upon the needy, the broken, the wounded, the hurting, the widow, the orphan, and he extends his mercy to someone in crisis, where goodness is his very nature of of his being and his his character, his essence is good. Mercy will flow from that. Uh, Kindness will flow from that. Justice will flow from that. Even wrath will flow from that. He pours out wrath to save the righteous. Um, to if uh, you know my understanding would be Noah and his family probably would have maybe would have not been saved if they were left in that culture and so the goodness of God pours out a flood to save a remnant to give them a whole fresh new start and so there, there, there's a there's a difference between mercy and and um, the goodness of God both are important to us here but uh, but the the, the good news is one day mercy will no longer be needed. When, when we're in heaven, we will uh, only be under the realm of the goodness of God. Right now we need his mercy. Uh, I, I need it. You need it. We all need it when we're, uh, it's, we need it in, when we sin. We need it when we, uh, repentance uh, requires mer- the mercy of God. Uh, but it, but it, is, it is something that is, we want both the mercy and the suffering, uh, excuse me, mercy and the goodness of God, but they are different. You know, it certainly does seem it's something that should uh, draw us to God, isn't it? You mentioned it kind of uh, is, is a thread through all of his attributes, but is one that we should find very winsome and something that would draw us to him. Yeah, the, yeah, we need the, the uh, there's some really interesting scriptures about being draw, the goodness of God drawing us. Uh, again, it's the, it's the kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, in Psalms 33, 5, it says, uh, he loves righteousness and justice. And the earth is full of the goodness of God. You know, it reminds me of that song um, that, that, that talks about uh, it's, it's how wonderful the world is. And so, you know, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's kind of a romantic song, uh, but at the same time, it has some biblical truth to it. That, and, and sometimes if we don't know the attribute of the goodness of God, we'll end up being sort of morbid, depressed, discouraged, uh, downcast. And so it is the goodness of God that actually shows us particularly in a season like this where there's a pandemic and there's uh, unrest and there's rioting, there's economic crisis all around us. Uh, God says to us that, that he loves righteousness and justice. 
those are the, the ones, again, we think of those are the harder, more firm attributes of God. Uh, but, but he's saying he loves those. Uh, and then in the same verse, he says, and the earth is full of the goodness of God. I think it's important he's trying to remind us to take some time every day throughout our life, not just to be like, life is hard. This is difficult. Um, there's so much trouble around the world. There's, and get immersed in that and get so full of like the newscast 24-7 and, uh, you know, on our social media, it's like this video of that riot and that, you know, and, you know on the news and the Dow is dipping and, you know, all this difficult news. And the goodness of God says it's, it's everywhere. The whole earth is full of it. So take some time. Uh, right now, as I'm talking to you, Bob, it's snowing outside. Take some time just to see those the beautiful snowflakes of God, the ice crystals on the on the green leaves, the uh, the the sun that will break out eventually through the clouds, the the lake down not far from my house, the the grandchildren that came over to my house yesterday. My world is filled with the goodness of God, and in reality, everyone's world is filled with the goodness of God uh, if you only take the time to look at it. And so, the goodness of God is actually drawing our attention to this attribute. He, he wants to make this attribute, attribute revealed so that our world is not full of depression and discouragement and fear and anxiety and stress and pressure. All that just begins to diminish, uh, melt like ice when we come to this place of seeing the, the earth is full of the goodness of God. Psalms 107 verse 8 and 9 says, Oh, that men would give thanks for the Lord to the Lord for his goodness. Not only does he want us to understand his goodness and, and take time to reflect on the goodness all around us. But then he wants us to take some time to give thanks for it. So I thank you for my grandchildren. I thank you for the snow outside. I thank you for, for sunny days. I, I thank you for a heart that beats. I thank you for air that I breathe. That's, you know, it's, it's, you know, you see people that are depressed and, and angry and bitter and, and they, you start talking about the goodness of God and they'll almost cringe like, he's not been good to me. You know, I have cancer. How can you call God good? It's like, well, you're still breathing. You still formed words out of your mouth that told me of your complaint. And, and God didn't strike you dead right then when you said that. So there's some goodness. And I understand your suffering. That's where his mercy comes in. He understands the sorrow and the suffering, the pain that we go through. But his goodness is saying that, that uh, everything that you have, the water that you'll drink today, the, every breath that you'll take, every heart, beat that you'll have, every interaction you have with a spouse or a child is, is part of, it's not random, it's not, it's not evolution, it is the goodness of God. And that's why he created it. When he created all these things, he looked at it and goes, this is good. Uh, and it's interesting, he could have said, this is powerful, or he could have said, this is holy. But, but where his mind was when he saw what he was putting together, including mankind, was was certainly uh, a reflection of his own goodness. And so that's why studying this attribute is, is so important. I would recommend people, uh, you know, it's so easy. You can Google uh, scriptures about the goodness of God. And, you know, you'll see it, this list, uh, 27 scriptures about the goodness of God, 100 scriptures about the goodness of God. Or you can get out a, 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 a book that just tells you the different uh, the names of God and the goodness of God will be part of that as well. So I would recommend we study this uh, in depth and not just listen to this podcast and go like, okay, I got a little bit of a glimpse of the goodness of God that I've kind of known about. Maybe I've known about it, but maybe I've known about it in the wrong way. Maybe the church I've gone to has been preaching about the goodness of God as if it's 
um, you know, this, this prosperity movement. And I need to flee from that, run from that, and get into this real understanding of the goodness of God. It's, it's who he is, his character, his nature, his love, his presence, his power, his wrath, his justice, his, his goodness. All of this is wrapped up in one. Well, to paraphrase the old hymn, uh, blessed assurance that God's purpose for us is good. And thank you for a reminder of that today. Yeah, great. yeah. There's another, there's another scripture that comes to mind. Sorry for, uh, I hope I didn't interrupt you there. Uh, Psalms 27, 13 says, uh, you know, as we're talking about uh, how the goodness of God affects your daily life. It says, I would have lost, David says this in Psalms 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Uh, a couple quick things about this. He didn't say, you know, life is hard, but I'm going to go to heaven, and then I'll see the goodness of the Lord. He says, while I'm living in the land now, while my heart is beating and I have breath in my lungs, that's when I want to see the goodness of the Lord. And when I see the goodness of the Lord, uh, I, I'll, I, that keeps me from losing heart. And so why is this attribute important? Well, it's probably, the key, it's probably the single most important attribute for us to understand to not to lose heart in the suffering, pain, difficulty, and circumstances of life that, that we, we, we say to ourselves, man, I'm losing heart. Okay, if I'm losing heart, uh, what do I do with that? Do I go see a counselor? Do I uh, go, go to prayer and fasting? Well, David seems to suggest, no, you see the goodness of the Lord. Take some time to rehearse, reflect upon the goodness of the Lord, what, what he's done. This is also a cry. It's a prayer. Unless I see your goodness, Lord, I'll lose heart. And so, you, so you, it's, it's an intercession as well. Ask him for, for goodness. Um, and, and this is what keeps us from losing heart. Key, the key words here for me are two, that I would see, would see. Those two words popped off the page to me. Um, not just to see good things happen in my life, but to see the goodness of God. You see the difference there? It's slightly different. Uh, one requires um, circumstances to change in the, in the way that I would be benefit from or that, that favors me. Uh, the other one is I just get to see God. Uh, I, I see how good he is. I'm not looking for making sure that I have uh, this type of body health or that my mind is this way or that my uh, circumstances are uh, up to par or that my finances are far above what I would ever have uh, hoped for. It, it's, that's, that's a secondary goodness. The, what, what really keeps us from losing heart is to know while we're alive that, that God is really good, that, that, that he's worthy to be praised, that, that, that the exaltation of God is, 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 um, is phenomenal. And, you know, this, this is echoed in James 1.17. says, every good and perfect gift uh, comes from the Father above. Uh, every, every good gift. Sometimes when I'm reading that, I like to, I like to almost kind of put a period after uh, good. Every good. You know, not just every good gift, but every, every good comes from God. Uh, again, like, like we said just a few minutes ago, he's the source of all goodness. And so, um, so, so every good gift comes from, uh, from the Father above. And, and it says, and there's no shadow of turning within him, speak, speaking in the context of his goodness. And this is, this is one of the things that I think is powerful about the goodness of God is uh, tying it to another attribute. It's called the immutability of God. Uh, the mutable means change. Uh, so unchangingness of God. His goodness is unchanging. He will never be anything but good. 
when, when he seems to be demonstrating his wrath or judgment, it hasn't changed from goodness. That is still good. And so this, so James says there's no shadow in turning. You know, so if you're walking in the sun, as the sun moves through the day, your shadow changes a little bit. What James is saying is, is God's goodness is, is never, never has any shadow of movement within it. It's not, you know, at 10 o'clock at one time, then 11, then at 12. The only thing that we can see that has that no shadow is the actual sun itself. The, 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 the thing of brilliance that, that casts the shadow. And so what I believe James is saying here is that, that, that God is like the sun. He is the source. So he won't have any shadow within him, number one. And number two, then he never changes. He's, he's immutable. He doesn't, he, he doesn't run out of goodness. He, uh, his wealth, the wealth of his goodness can never be exhausted. Uh, yours and mine can. I, I can be pretty good in, in the sense of human goodness. Uh, and this person asked me this and I'll do it. And then that person come up and uh, yeah, I can help you with that. And, but by the end of the day, five or six requests, I, my, the wealth of my goodness has run out and I'm like, I'm tired. Go do it yourself. Mm. Um, but God's goodness never runs out mm. and it never changes. My, my goodness, if I have any, even if it's derived from God, as we spoke, uh, it tends to change. It has ebb and flow to it. Uh, my, my, to be honest with you, when I have a, when I'm in a good mood, my, my, my derived goodness from God seems to be more, uh, readily, uh, available to others. Uh, but if I'm in a bad mood, if I'm hurting, if I'm a little bit sorrowful, well, I tend to draw in and not extend that goodness, that kindness of God, the mercy of God to others more. Uh, I, I tend to do that less. Well, because my, even my derived goodness from God is mutable. It changes where God is immutable and unchanging, no shadow of turning. Uh, it's not going to turn away from you. It's going to be good always. Even when, even when he's bringing you under discipline, as Hebrews, the book of Hebrews talks about, you know, the good father will discipline his children. That's part of it's, it. That's being a good father. And so all of these things are, are important. As you can tell, I'm excited about this. I just absolutely love as we can study the attributes of God, I just think it's so important for people. You know, I, I know the problem is, and it still frustrates me that some people see these, these particular podcasts on the attributes of God or some of the writing I'm doing, the attributes of God, they see it as like, that's only for theologians. That's for the scholarly or that's, you know, that, that's not where the rubber hits the road. I, I totally disagree with that. I think the, the, the greatest transformation of our lives come from knowing God, the attributes of God, who he is, what he's like. Uh, otherwise, we're left to our own devices. We are, we are fishing for joy. We are, um, we are, we are stretching our hands out to try to get peace, and we're not finding it. Well, there's this almost counterintuitive thing, where God says, "Come and know me, and all the rest will take care of itself." It has nothing to do with, like, uh, how to ten steps of how to find joy, five steps of how to find peace, ten steps to how to how to have a good marriage. God's saying, "Come to know me." And the best way to get to know him is understand him and his attributes. And when we, when we do that, it's, it's a game changer. It's a world changer. It's a life changer. It's a family changer. It's a, it's a health changer. It's a soul changer. It's a church changer. It's a, it's a community changer. It's a ministry changer. And that, that, is, that is wrapped up in, in this. That's why I'm spending so much time on this. It's, it's, it, uh, you know, you know, and I hope more and more people will catch the vision of this saying that, okay, I have to turn my attention now. 
I've been so wrapped up in me and what I want, what I want to accomplish and my destiny and my purpose. And I've been going to a church that always feeds me my purpose, my destiny, my calling, my future, my family. And, and, and I have to, to, to go back to that Isaiah, woe is me, and say, now, God, I'm coming into your presence, and, and this is about you. I want to know your holiness. I want to know your goodness. And, 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 the, and the secondary benefit of that, the first benefit is actually knowing him. The secondary benefit of that is, is that uh, in his presence, we do take on, like the question you asked earlier, we do take on the likeness of God. We become like him, not, not imitating him, but actually having the, the habitation of God in us so that, it, that we become like God. So man, if, I want to encourage people, if they're listening to this today and have some sense of God speaking to their heart, there's this, this wooing, this pulling of the heart, like, I want to know you more, God. I want to encourage you to go back to all the other podcasts uh, about knowing God these attributes of God that we've been doing probably like three or four months now. And um, man, just uh, dive into them. Just spend, if you got a day off, watch four or five of them and do it with your Bible open and and get some good books about the attributes of God and press into this and uh, you're going to find something unique and different in your life. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting.